Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Angular Air. I'm your host, Justin Schwarzenberger. And today we are going to be talking about the Angular Up conference and having a little discussion about that. It's coming up just around the corner, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, but before we begin today, I want to give a shout out and plug Angular Camp uh, 2017. Angular Camp is a community event that's going to take place on July 6th and 7th in Barcelona. Uh, it's a developer camp that you can make new friends and master new tech skills. It's, it's really open for anyone to contribute. Um, you don't have to be a speaker to be involved in this thing. It's, it's just about the community getting together and, and uh, talking and learning Angular and engaging. So it's pretty cool. Check that out. It's at angularcamp.org. You can get more information about that. Again, that's coming up July 6th and 7th in Barcelona. All right, today we are going to be talking Angular Up. We've got Yuri Shekhead with us today. Yuri, how's it going? Yeah, all is great. Uh, nice to be here on uh, Angular Air. Uh, speaking of uh, Angular Camp, I actually attended it last year, uh, and it was a great experience. Uh, we even did some live coding with uh, Microbot and Web Bluetooth. Like, I was giving a short session about uh, Web Bluetooth, and then one of the attendees said, hey, I have this uh, Bluetooth robot here. Maybe we can hack something together. And I told him, you know what? Just stay here after the session, and we are going to do some live coding. And we actually had a small open source project come out of that. So it really works. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. All I hear is good stuff about that event. and. Uh, now that I got a passport, because I'm going to do every cruise, I, I'm going to have to plan some trips over uh, across the sea, uh, across the state and the sea to get over there. Uh, sounds like a, a fun event, um, definitely. All right, well, we're going to have a, I believe Mike Brocky's going to be joining us here in a bit, too. So we'll see if he jumps on. We'll say hi to him. Uh, but let's start, start talking about Angular Up. Um, so that's a uh, little details about that, right? That's coming up on uh, June 25th in Tel Aviv. And uh, it's Israel's International Angular Conference and Tour. So let's talk about it. Um, yeah, second year of the conference, right? Actually, yes. But before having Angular app, we actually had uh, more community uh, like organic-driven co conference, which was called NGConf Israel. Um, and it was like much smaller. And it was like our first time trying to create some kind of conference around Angular. Um, but then at some point, we realized like uh, we spoke with the NGConf organizers, and they said, hey, it's OK. You can use that name. But we realized. We like wanted our own identity, and we wanted to grow up from uh, one day uh, conference where everyone can attend and no free required to something better where we have some budget to bring international speakers and uh, like really awesome venue and not some uh, free venue that we got for the first NGCon for Israel. So. It's the second time we are doing an Angular app, but it's the first time we are doing an Angular conference in Israel. Okay, cool. So, what um, 
how big was that the original one and then how big is it now in terms of attendees do you happen to know approximately so for the first ngconf i think we booked a place we had a place like for 300 people and we had 300 like it filled up real quick and then at the conference way we actually had a show up rate of about 500 people and we couldn't accommodate everyone and it was like going crazy uh, we used eventbrite to check people in and for some reason at the time we started to check people in their service went down for an hour so it was total mess at some point we just said you know what everybody get in it was like uh it wasn't paid conference so we just let everybody in without even checking in so that was crazy we had like almost 500 then for the second year we had we got some sponsor to give us a bigger venue so it was like a venue for 500 and it filled up real quick and we tried to make it clear this time that if you don't have a ticket then you can't just show up it worked quite well we had like 550 people and then last year when we started with the angular app brand um it was a challenge because the conference was free up to them and suddenly we had like to figure out how to sell tickets and we know that some people wouldn't pay uh 150 euros for a ticket <clears throat> either they couldn't afford it or they would just prefer to uh get the content from youtube uh but it turned out pretty well i think last year we had around uh 500 tickets as well but this time paid and this year uh we set a goal even higher we got a bigger venue uh and i think we are going to get over 800 developers oh wow that's awesome very awesome and where uh where did the up part come from for the new name do you happen to know that's a good question. We had a lot of discussion over that, and we had some more innovative ideas. Uh, some of them were like, uh, we were really polarized about them, such as Angular Nation, because we have this uh, cliche about Israel being the startup nation. So some of the guys really wanted to uh, take on that cliche and call it Angular Nation, and then other guy says, you know what, it's a cliche, we don't want you to sound like uh, too cliche. And then we had more creative ideas like NG Hummus, you know, uh, the Hummus dip. Um, but it sounds fun, but maybe not professional enough. And then at some point, somebody just said uh, Angular up, Angular left, Angular. I don't know. I don't even know. Somebody just dropped the name and it sticked, and uh, it's Angular up now. Well, that's pretty cool. I, I think it's a really good name. Um, it's cool. So somebody just threw out some directions, right? Up, left, right, and up was the one that stuck. <laughs> well, I, 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 I think I'm not. I'm not even sure. Like there were there were so many emails going on. Uh, with names and ideas, I, I can like find the thread letter. It's interesting to see how we came up with it. And then we had like another iteration of uh, picking up the logo and deciding 
even you know the capitalization whether the apps should be uppercase or lowercase i actually don't even remember i always google it like to see how we capitalize, capitalize it correctly <laughs> that's funny because i do the same thing I, I i believe it's uppercase u and p so that's what i've been doing because that's what i discovered so I'm, I'm like i think that's the branding that they want right capital a yeah that, that's, that that sounds fine, right for me like Cool. So um, it looks like it's earlier this year than it was last year. I think it was in November last year, and now we're talking what July, um, June. Sorry, June. Do you happen to know is why it was moved up? Um, well, when you need to schedule a conference, there are so many factors that you need to take into account, like which other conferences are happening happening around the same time and um, booking the venues and some dates are uh, like booked up because they are popular for weddings for example so many venues just uh, like uh, let people do their wedding in the venue and then uh, some dates are really hard to book so it's like coordinating with the venue with holidays with other conferences around um, uh, I didn't do the logistics uh, for this year or last year, but once you go above a certain size, like uh, 800 people is pretty big, uh, and you want to find a venue that accommodates everybody, and it's in Tel Aviv and not somewhere peripheral, then your options start to get really limited, and you have like, OK, you can pick this date, that date, or that date, and that's it. All right, all right. Yeah, and I think that that's something that's probably become more of a challenge now, too, with the overlap of conferences, right? Or we're starting to get more and more Angular-focused conferences, which is great, great for all of us, great for attendees, great for the content. Um, but now there's a scheduling challenge, right? Not only for the organizers and creators of those conferences, but also now for the attendees and the speakers to now try and decide which ones am I going to hit and which ones you know line up, especially when we're talking about all across the world, right? And and these different potential ones. So pretty interesting challenge that's starting to arise here. Definitely a good challenge, and uh, there is also a positive side for having like two conferences happen the same week uh, because we can share speakers. So last year we had. Uh, I think uh, Tracy Lee, uh, Ben Lesh, me, Sebastian, and I probably forgot some somebody who went uh, to Angular App, and then uh, the next week uh, went to NG Poland. So it's like they are some of them, like Ben and Tracy, traveled all the way from the U.S. and then they went to Israel, and then they went to Poland, and they they went home. So. It was actually in favor of the conferences that uh, they were so close in dates, but still, we don't want to have them on the same day because otherwise, nobody will be happy. All right? Did they? Uh, do you happen to know that they give the same talks at both places? Um, I didn't, which was quite challenging for me because I was traveling back from the U.S. I got home Wednesday night the day before Angular app, 
and I spent all the time on the plane preparing my Angular app talk. And then I had like the Israel tour the next day, like just landed, next day Angular app, then Israel tour, then one day to relax, then another conference in Israel. On the same day, I went to Poland, then I did a full day workshop, and then I did the, the talk in NG Poland. And each one was a different subject. I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Say, I mean, as a as a speaker, maybe maybe I'm doing it wrong. Maybe I over prepare too much, but like I couldn't even imagine trying to prep multiple talks in that short amount of time. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. And um, sometimes I just like uh, try to either repeat my talks. That's a good solution. Uh, once you have something working, you can improve on. But at least you got the base. And you don't need to uh, make a lot of new assumptions that might not work, like uh, the timing of everything and whether the audience will be interested and which parts are more relevant or less. And another trick I try to do sometimes uh, is to limit the time in I, I prepare in advance, because I found out that if I have too much time, I start concentrating uh, on stuff that is not that important, like adjusting the uh, stuff on my slides and putting GIFs. So I prefer like having uh, half an hour before the conference starts just for those fine adjustments and not like doing them uh, too much ahead of time. That, that's a super interesting approach. So you're like, you're putting the time constraint and pressure on yourself to help control the content that you're creating and then how much deep you go into those sort of scenarios. That's pretty cool. I don't know if I could do that. That'd be a lot of stress for me, but that's really cool. Yeah, well, um, so you know Shai Resnick? Oh, yeah. I think, <laughs> I think one of the best tips I got from him is like, uh, when you go on stage, um, when he goes on stage, he's always super stressed. Like. Maybe uh, it's hard to see that on him, but it's like even before he prepares the talk, he's like, "Yeah, it's gonna fail. It's not gonna work. Nobody has ever done it, and why should I? Like, why would I be the one to do it successfully?" And then at some point, he said to myself, "You know what? Uh, calm down. It's gonna be great. You are going to have fun, and that's what matters. And whenever." I have somebody speak at my meetup or in a conference. I don't ask them, hey, how did it go? Or, hey, uh, did it go well? I ask them, hey, did you have fun? Because I think if you're having fun giving a talk, then at least you did something good for yourself. And many times, it's really like uh, it's broadcasted to the audience, and the audience is also having fun together with you. And it uh, sets the atmosphere much better than if you're like stressed and it's not going to work. And another good tip I got from him is like, um, if you're worried about something, like you have a really complicated live get demo that maybe uh, there is a good chance it will fail. Just try to be honest and share it with the audience. Like, hey, we are having this like really crazy demo here, and 
apparently I didn't have enough time to practice it. So it might fail, but where with me, even if it fails, we'll try to learn something from that. Yeah, those are, those are great points. And I totally agree with them. And, and I love that approach. Very cool. Definitely cool. So all credit goes to Shai. <laughs> cool. So let's, let's talk about um, the experience for attendees at Angular Up. What's that like? Like, and can kind of compare it to maybe some other conferences. You know, for example, like NGConf is a conference where there's a lot of interaction um, and open between speakers and just attendees. And there's just like this moment of collaboration for multiple days amongst all the attendees. And um, is that something similar that's here in Angular Up? And what that, what's that experience like for, for attendees? That's a great question, and I'm going to answer it from the perspective of uh, some things that we decided to improve following uh, last year, because we believe we that's one of our goals. Like uh, The conference uh, makes a lot of efforts to get uh, the best speakers we can from the States, from Europe, from Israel, and we think it's a shame if we just get somebody fly all the way from the States to Israel to give a 30 minutes talk and then go back. Because if you just wanted to watch his talk, you could go to YouTube, like you could do it over Hangouts. There is a little value in you being there in the audience. Um, because once it's a big conference, you, you can't really raise your hand and ask a question in the middle. Um, so one of our goals is to get people from the local community engaged with those speakers who come from abroad. And there are several things we decided to change this year. And one of them, and that's actually my personal opinion, I haven't um, spoken about it with the other organizers, but we have, uh, spoiler alert, we have the NG tour. We are probably going to discuss in a few moments. And this year, we are going to make the NG tour before the conference. And the reason we are doing that, I guess it also has a logistics reason. But from my view, one of the benefits for that is that it will allow all the speakers to get to know each other before the conference. and. When you have a friendly atmosphere between the speakers and they had like a shared experience together, I think it sets the pace for much, uh, makes them much more approachable to other people. Like they feel like they belong there, they feel like they are part of the conference. And uh, I yeah, you know, that, uh, that also is really uh, beneficial for the speakers to be able to feel that comfort level and that, you know, like you're talking about the, the excitement and, and joy over presenting, right? Cause now you're getting that attachment to your audience early on and that can help, help alleviate that and help you focus more on, Oh, these are the people that I'm doing it for. These are, and, you know, and we're interacting and yeah, definitely. I, I really like that yeah. concept. We are trying to get like some of the attendees on the tour as well. Uh, so they will also have a, an opportunity to engage with those people for like two days. And uh, well, I'll keep some of the surprises for when we speak about uh, the NG tour. But um, so that's one point. And then another point 
we try to introduce this year is kind of office hours, community hours. Uh, we saw this at uh, Angular Connect in ng-conf, and I, I personally believe it works right. Like when you have a time slot, you can go to Joe Ince and speak it with him about whatever, or just like say, hey, you know, I watch your course on the plural side. I really love what you're doing. Just wanted to say hi. And sometimes uh, when you see, when you watch people on YouTube, it feels totally different than when you just meet them in person, see them smile, see them laugh. You get a totally different vibe. And that's one thing we are trying to do this year to get office hours. Um, last year, we tried to do something different that didn't quite work, which was uh, having an expert panel at the end of the conference. But then uh, it was around 5, 30, 6 p.m. ish, and some people just need to go home if they are moms and they have children and they need to pick them up, or like they're just too tired because they spend the entire day listening and learning new material. And we had like, at that time, we had like more than 50% of the people left. And the speakers themselves were like tired and didn't really want to sit and have a panel. So we decided uh, spontaneously not to have the panel and just told, you know what, uh, just get in this room and we'll, everybody wants can come and ask you questions before they go home. And it worked, but it was too late. It was like 5.30 PM. So this year, we are going to have uh, office hours uh, throughout the conference. Um, I, I really like the idea that the office hours, that's one of my favorite things about ng-comp is that opportunity in that middle day to interact with people and, and help people out on a personal basis and, and go around and, and answer questions and stuff like that. Um, so that's definitely, and, and yeah, it is, you know, you get by the end of the conference, you have that whole, you're just exhausted. You've done so many, so many interactions with people as a, you know, as an attendee, you've seen so much content, you consume so much stuff. And as a speaker, you're doing all these things. And, and just by that end, yeah, it's, I totally imagine it's probably like the, just the wind down time. Right. Right. Yeah, that, that's one point. And then another point is uh, it gives you structure because if you just see uh, somebody you recognize from the internet or somebody who just gave a per perfect talk um, and is walking in the hallway, maybe he's speaking with somebody, maybe he's just like looking for food, uh, sometimes you just don't feel comfortable to approach. And fortunately for Israelis, that's less a problem like uh, most Israelis are more comfortable with approaching people they don't know but still there are some uh, developers who are more introvert and um, I think if we put people in, in the same room and start like ignite the discussion it's much easier to uh, get like to join to jump on the opportunity and ask your own question or express some opinion, maybe tell him, you know what, Joe, um, what you talked about, I don't agree with you. It's much easier when you have this structure, when you have this room and you're not like in the hallway or somewhere distracted by 
10 other things and that are going and people like walking around you. Yeah, it's that, it's that invitation, right? I mean, it's essentially what it is. You know, when people are walking the halls, you, you don't know as an attendee if uh, is this is a good time to talk. But, you know, with these office hours, it's like an open invitation saying, hey, it's okay to approach these people. It's okay to start talking to them and have this discussion, right? So, and people feel much more confident about that. Totally. Hey, Mike. Hey, what's Mike. Going on? hey sorry, I'm a little bit late. Uh, <laughs> had a little stuff going on around here. So, happy to join in. Mid-conversation. Oh, it's my kids' artwork. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> cool. So, Mike, we were just talking about um, this is like at Angular Up for attendees and how it compares to maybe some other conferences and, and what the goal is to try and um, make that experience for, for attendees at Angular Up. That's awesome. I've talked to a few people who've had the luxury of being able to go or the opportunity to be able to go in the past few years, and I've heard really good things about AngularUp. So congratulations on putting on a great conference in years past, and I'm sure that's going to continue this year. Totally, totally. So um, what about sponsorships and stuff? Are, are there sponsors on site in the hall? Like, is that something that people have available to them to go up and talk to? You know, at other conferences, you have the sponsors of the conference will have booths and you can kind of see what they're up to in terms of what they're doing for Angular and things like that. Is that something that goes on at Angular Up as well? So I don't really know about this year. I can tell that last year we had one sponsor which did something really cool, in my opinion. They had like around 3 p.m. We had an uh, afternoon break and 3.30, I think it was. And they just said, hey, everybody wants, you can, you can come to our booth. We have beer and you get to give the beer glass to yourself. So that was really cool. People like now have beer glasses of Angular. That's cool. Um, That's cool. I'll give you a swag. Yeah, like uh, I, I think it was my, one of the more unique swags that I got out of conferences. Um, so I'm not sure actually about this year. We'll have to find out with uh, Noor if she joins us. But um, I assume it will be similar to last year. Like we'll have some sponsors in the hallways, and uh, people will be able to speak to them, get swag, like the usual stuff. Cool. cool. What about, uh, are there workshops too, or is it just sessions and then the tour? So yeah, I think last year we kind of, um, it was trying to test, to check the water to see like uh, how open are people here, like how easy or hard would it be to get people to actually pay for a conference and see if we can uh, actually put it together. Uh, this year, uh, we have workshops. Last year, I don't think we had. This year, we are going to have workshops. Right now, we have um, two workshops already confirmed, which one of them will be uh, with Joe Eames. Uh, he called it Testing Angular Like a Boss. I already like the name. And then we also have uh, Christopher Noring from uh, the UK, who is going to speak about uh, RxJS, but this time uh, like more advanced use cases for RxJS. So don't, 
I guess is not going to just do their standard autocomplete examples that everybody does when they speak about reactive programming, but get into more advanced stuff. And I think uh, it's not yet confirmed, so it might change. But I think we are also going to have an um, interesting workshop uh, about uh, GraphQL. And the nice thing about it is these are not like uh, workshops that happen uh, before or after the conference. These are going to all going to be mini workshops that will happen throughout the conference. So you don't have to buy a separate ticket. And you don't have to tell your boss, hey, you know what? I really want to get better at testing or learn about GraphQL. You can just, during the conference, say, hey, I'm really interested in GraphQL. I'm just going to this workshop. That's awesome. So is it at the, are those workshops then at the same time as other sessions? Or is it just essentially like a workshop block, and you can go to the workshop of your choice? No, you have to choose. Excellent. Should have some sort of like um, incentives uh, to go to one workshop versus the other, aside from the uh, material. From the are those workshops um, like all day, or are they part of the day, a couple hours? Do you happen to know? Um, so right now they are just a part of the day, but uh, we still haven't like we have. We just have two of them confirmed. We are not sure about uh, how many we are going to have. Um, there is a chance that they will be all day. So to be decided. That's cool. Cool. Um, so what about the talks? What, about, what kind of talks are there this year? So regarding the talks, we try to make it like the selection of topics really diverse. So have a talk about every different uh, angle of Angular. Um, so we have like uh, stuff about uh, change detection, uh, native script, um, service workers, and progressive web apps, Ionic. Uh, we have Minko, who is going to do uh, cool stuff with the Angular compiler. Have you seen his uh, ng-conf talk? Yeah, yeah. The reason of that, I think that was hilarious. I was like, at the beginning of the talk, I was okay. So that's another technical talk, interesting. But then when he showed the demos with the trees, I was like, wow, that's really, really uh, creative. Yeah, and looks like a good. You got got a good lineup of people talking about topics this year. Yes, we have like uh, so. We have uh, Sunny Yusuf uh, from Ionic. Last year, he gave a really um, awesome talk. And I think the, the best uh, thing about Sunny is how funny he was during the uh, speaker tour. Last year, it was only one day. And he did like a really funny rap, totally improvised on the bus. It was hilarious. So one more reason to go to the speaker tour is just because Sunny is there. Yeah, we uh, had him on, a, on the show a while back, and he's, a, he's great. Yeah, lots of energy, too. I got a chance to hang out with him and meet him in person this year at NGConf, and it was awesome. So yeah, definitely, 
definitely a good good speaker. Yeah, he has great energy. It's like uh, sometimes it's hard to keep to keep up with him, but he's always filling you with uh, positiveness and uh, like so much energy. I'll, then, I'll just smile at too. I think maybe that's why I attached to him because <laughs> kind of smile too. <laughs> yeah, it's fun to be with. And then um, we're also going to have uh, talk about animations. Uh, one about accessibility, which um, I really care about. It's it's a subject I really care about uh, in the last few months, and I personally try to get better at building accessible apps. Um, about forums, about Angular Mobile Toolkit. Uh, and we'll probably have some, um, I think we're trying to get some talk about Angular Universal and something about uh, TypeScript. But we still haven't got those confirmed. So they may happen, may not. Maybe we'll find the other topics. Uh, I'm probably going to do something uh, on IoT, like uh, I have a few ideas, uh, and I just need to choose up maybe something uh, about the NGBcans, one of the projects I've been working on in the past uh, few months. Um, so yeah, I, we are trying to make it really uh, diverse, interesting. Um, one particular talk I'm really interested to uh, find out how what it's gonna be like is we have one of the local uh, community member. Her name is Shmuela, and she's. Uh, do you remember her from somewhere? Because you you're oh, smiling. Yeah, yeah, I met her at NGConf, and she's gonna be on the show. Um, uh, I don't know when. Pretty soon here, uh, a few weeks. So yeah, we're looking forward to that. Yeah, she's like uh, she's like really interesting. Like she's uh, Angular developer, and she does a lot of community activities. And she also have a deaf dog. Uh, like she's an interesting personality, and she she drives like a car thirty years old, I think, like a buggy car, and like yeah, she's interesting. And then she's going to give a talk. I think it's not final yet, so uh, don't take my word for it. But she's probably going to give a talk that about that's called uh, "Talk to Your App," and I'm interested. I'm really interested to see what she will come up with, like voice recognition type stuff. I guess that's the direction, um, but we'll have to wait and see. Awesome. Well, I, I'm in agreement with Eric. That sounds really interesting. It kind of ties into the whole idea of accessibility as well, uh, just from a different angle. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. by the way, Mike, when are we going to have you here in Israel? I think it might be a little bit late for this year, but uh, next year is always uh, on the table. I like that. I, I I want to have you here, like to hang out with you and show you like uh, some of the cool stuff we have here. Well, see that that was the uh, going to actually tie into my next question. So with the conference, you've got a lot of stuff going on uh, with sponsors and sessions and workshops and everything else going on with the uh, conference. What about the uh, ancillary things around the conference? Uh, maybe different 
sightseeing activities or anything like that? Is there anything like that formally planned or is that just go explore on your own? Is there time for that or? So yeah, that, that's actually one of the best selling point uh, uh, when I was uh, asking friends to come and uh, like Pascal and Joe to come and speak, uh, like submit uh, their proposals for the conference. I told them, hey, you know what? Uh, the bad thing about it, like, it's a conference, and there is so much you can do to make to differentiate a conference from other from other conferences. But then, uh, just before the conference, we are going to have a two-day tour of Israel, um, the NG tour, I think that's the name of it, um, and it's going to be a really great experience. Like last year, it was just one-day tour, and this. Time it's going to be a two-day trip, and we are going to sleep inside the Bedouin tent and uh, go to the Dead Sea and visit Jerusalem. Um, and I know that the uh, organizer of this whole NG tour, uh, she her name is Noor. Uh, she also does all the logistics from the conference. And she's actually a West Coast swing dancer. And she organized so many West Coast swing events in Israel and invited speakers from abroad. So she has a lot of experience with uh, organizing those tours and making sure everybody has a good time. So that's like the formal plan. And then, um, Unlike last year, when I just told to Justin that last year I was like getting off the plane from the States, giving my talk at Angular, going to the tour, and then going to NG Poland. This year, I hope to be in Israel a few days before and after the conference. So um, I personally uh, plan to hang out with the people. I know Joe Haims told me he's going to come a few days early. Uh, so we'll probably uh, just uh, take the car and uh, explore, uh, like do some hiking in the north of Israel or something like that. Like, I totally love this opportunity to have guests because it means there is a good reason to me to just uh, travel and hike and do stuff with them if they like. What's the weather like at this point right now in June? Okay, so that's a big challenge because uh, Israel gets really hot in the summer. Today was like, uh, for example, uh, 36 degrees Celsius, which Google says is like nearly 100 Fahrenheit. Uh, it's challenging. You definitely don't want to uh, wear a suit or anything, just a t-shirt and flip-flops and shorts. Um, You're speaking my language right there. <laughs> so yeah, so June is probably a moment before it gets really hot. August and September are usually every day super hot and also they are also usually very humid. Right now, like, it's some of the days are really hot, but then at nights it gets really uh, comfortable weather and uh, 
even a little windy sometimes. Um, so in my opinion, the best time to travel to Israel is April, May, and then end of September, October. Um, so June is not optimal, but it's not too far from the optimal. And if you like hot weather, then yeah, definitely come in June. If you like uh, being inside the uh, ovens, then come in August. <laughs> well, yeah. as a possible attendee or possible speaker, I will say thank you for not hosting in July or August. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I actually, yeah, I think in the past few years, I spent, every year I spent at least one or two weeks of July or August abroad just because I wanted to get away from the heat. Cool, well, that's it. Why don't we talk a little bit about the uh, Angular scene over there in Israel? Um, maybe you can fill us in on what that's like. We talked a little bit about that last year. Uh, we had discussion about Angular Up on one of the episodes, and we were talking a little bit about that. Um, but yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Uh, is it are there a lot of people doing a lot of user groups, that sort of thing? Is it pretty popular over there? So yes, I think like right now, uh, it's not very different from other places in the world, but the two most popular uh, front-end technologies are um, React and uh, Angular, and there is a big React community. And we also have a um, big React event called React Next. Um, and then there is the Angular community, which is also really big and diverse. And um, there are like, a few meetup groups. There is the Angular JS Israel. Now it's only called Angular IL because it's just Angular uh, meetup group, which has more than four thousand members. And I spoke on some of their events, and they have like really um, great people. So another like thing I'm doing when I'm uh, public speaking, I always assume beforehand that the audience is not very smart. And the reason I do it is, first of all, there are uh, a lot of people coming, especially if it's a meetup, a lot of people coming tired after a long day of work, and their brain power is not on 100%. Uh, Some of them are not really familiar with all the technologies I'm speaking about. But the best thing about it is that you really get surprised. Like I, I do it entry level. Sometimes I do uh, dive deeper, but I try to keep everything very simple. And then somebody raises his hand and says, "You know what? But in that case, if you did this and this, then you may get that." And I was, "Wow, that's really clever. I didn't even think of that." And that way, I always get a positive experience with surprises like. I don't expect the audience to be smart, but then they are. So um, that's one thing I can say about the community in Israel. Um, we don't, we like, whenever we have something, Israelis in general, whenever they have something on their mind, they usually say it. So sometimes uh, when you give a talk, people even, uh, especially on the smaller conference, people even, uh, just 
tell you something or ask you something without even raising their hands when you pass pause for a second or when something is not clear. So one of the things uh, you'll probably like or not like very much uh, when you speak here in Israel, um, the talks are much more interactive. In many ways, in, in, sometimes it's even like you start to discuss with the audience, like um, even if you don't initiate it, like somebody asks you a question and then you answer and then somebody else, uh, just a moment, I want to add on top of that and it becomes a discussion. That's something that I have seen in other places, but not as common as in Israel. Um, also, I think like uh, we have some very interesting initiatives here. Um, one of them, it was actually going to be one of the picks, uh, but I'll speak about it now. Uh, well, we're, the, we're getting close to the top of the hour, so it can be your pick. You can throw it out there right now. It's fine. Okay, perfect. Um, so it was, uh, it's an uh, ongoing initiative called Goodness Squad. And what they do there, it's sort of a hackathon uh, organized by the JavaScript Israel group, uh, which is one of the, um, uh, I think, biggest uh, tech communities in Israel. And what they do there, they basically uh, gather uh, like 30 to 40 people together. And they just get some mentors from open source projects uh, on board, either in person or via, via Hangouts. And they just, uh, those people who come there just volunteer to work on issues and help those projects. Um, I know they did one with uh, Mozilla a few months ago, and they are having one tomorrow. I'm actually not sure what about. Uh, I have to check it out, but it's like amazing to see how differently they approach uh, learning new stuff. Like you can learn by listening to a talk, but you can also learn a lot by just going on GitHub. Uh, like finding an issue where the uh, author of the software wants you to contribute, try to contribute, get some help from mentors around, and just you know get yourself into the code that somebody else is maintaining. And on the one hand, you contribute uh, to open source, and then you also learn a lot from that. That's really interesting. So it's. It's kind of like the opportunity to contribute remotely, but then now you can actually interact with people in person and get even more help um, doing that. Which is probably exactly. pulls more people in, right? Yeah, and it also gives you some structure. Like, you know, you have these four hours of the hackathon, and you have those projects on GitHub you can contribute to. And these are the issues that need help. And they help you, like, choose something that is. Uh, uh, matches your level. And then another cool thing that is going is uh, an initiative of uh, Nir Kaufman, who is also organizing Angular App, uh, which is called NG Sweat. And they are like, uh, it's like some sort of paid meetup. So it's 
always pretty small and people have to pay a small fee like five bucks just to um, make sure that everybody is actually interested, really interested in doing it and not just attending. Um, and then uh, they just gather like at 7 p.m. or something like that, uh, choose to tackle a subject like the Angular router, and then they do like guided live coding and they start like at 7 p.m. and just go on until everybody drops dead. Sometimes they even finish at 2 a.m. It's like what I like about the com community here is that you see all those crazy initiatives, all those uh, uh, people trying to um, share the knowledge and train other people in ways that are not really the conventional ones. So that's what I love about it. And in general, we have a lot of meetups like going in Tel Aviv. There are a few meetups going every single day on all the different subjects. There are like communities for technologies that uh, are pretty new or pretty um, uh, niche, like uh, ELM or Closure Script. And it really helps you if you just want to like know about new stuff. You just start going to random meetups and you meet cool people. You know, you learn about stuff. And most of the content is free. And uh, the bigger meetups, like the Angular one and the JavaScript Israel meetup, also upload all of the content to YouTube. And they have active uh, Facebook groups where people help each other. And sometimes, like um, the alternative, which is asking on Stack Overflow, is hard. Because if you want to ask a question uh, specific to um, right to left support, like Hebrew support, you may have a hard time reaching the right audience on, uh, on um, Stack Overflow. Or if you are just not comfortable uh, writing in English, um, or you just want to ask like a quick question without giving the context, or just get some advice, like, I want to learn Angular 2 or Angular for now, what are the best resources for somebody who lives in Israel? Perhaps there are like Israeli courses or Hebrew courses, training materials in Hebrew. So I think that's another good point uh, we have here, like a lot of support, a lot of help. Yeah, I think there's really like two things there, right? Like, obviously, there's the benefit of new knowledge. And we can all kind of seek that out and find that on our, by ourselves, right? But there's this one, this motivation factor of when we get around other people and engage in these things that other people are excited about and we come together as a unit to do that, it just motivates us even more and gets us more excited about staying more involved in it, right? Um, so yeah, it's certainly something that's, that's way beneficial um, for having that uh, group to get together, so. I can also uh, vouch for the um, value add of the Goodness Squad as well, uh, because there's been a few instances where the Goodness Squad has gone through some issues and commented on them uh, within the CLI. So very thankful for community contributions there. Very cool. All right, well, we're at the top of the hour, so we better wrap this thing up. Um, 
I guess Yuri, those are your picks, or do you have anything else you want to plug really quick? Um, well, another pick of mine is uh, Web Bluetooth, uh, allowing uh, web pages to interact with uh, devices around them, like um, just a quick demo. So I have this uh, smart bulb here, and I can actually connect to it from my uh, smartphone. And yeah, and I can um, so choose real quick: red, green, or blue. Blue. Okay, so please go blue. Yeah, it worked, uh, and it also works without power. But that's a topic for another discussion: how it how it works. But the thing is, it's a web page inside Chrome that lets me control the bulb, and that's what I love about Web Bluetooth. We finally can do interact with stuff around us outside the browser just using web technologies and get my face blue. That's cool. That's very cool. That, that's crazy. Thanks. Hey, Mike, you got anything, Mike? Now, I'm going to go against myself and make myself look bad. I'm going to say punctuality, showing up on time. Hey, you can come Always in and paint time. yourself no in the best picture by showing up on time. Life happens. It's all right. No worries. <laughs> no, I, I didn't have any uh, picks planned for today. <laughs> cool. Well, I've got one. Um, I want to pick Lighthouse, the Google Dev tool for checking your performance and your um, metrics and everything kind of on your site, right? On your application. Uh, check it out. Uh, you can just search for. Google Dev Tool Lighthouse, and uh, it's kind of like a Weissman score, right? You want to you want to pump that thing up and get that and hit that point. So, run that lighthouse, uh, check your apps and your web apps. All right, well, thanks, Mike, for hopping on, and thanks, Yuri, for coming on and talking all about Angular Up again. That's uh, coming up in June on June twenty fifth. Do you know are there still selling tickets for that? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, we are like in the middle of the ticket sales. So I think for the next week, you can still get the standard ticket price, which is, uh, I think, around uh, 150 euros. And then if you wait, after, if you get it after, it's, it's going to be around 200 euros. So if you are interested, uh, definitely uh, just grab. Get your ticket now. No need to wait. There's um, still a discount for if you use the Angular Air, all one word, um, coupon. Uh, I'll have to ask Noor about that because she's doing all the logistics. But uh, I think we can arrange something. OK, so I think we had that. So I don't know. Give it a try. If you're buying a ticket, throw in the, the code Angular Air, all one word. Let's see if you can get that. OK, perfect. Uh, if not, uh, I, I will just ping Noor now. She just uh, pinged me. She actually thought the podcast was at uh, 11 Israel time, and that's why she didn't show up. Uh, nope. Yeah, time zones. Yep. All right, cool. Well, thanks a lot. And uh, everybody have a good week. And we'll be back next week, next Tuesday. Thanks. That's you.